0: This is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. This is a podcast where we talk about the things we like, and this one is going to be uh, groundbreaking. Oh. This is groundbreaking television, people, because first of all, you can't see it. Uh, there's no visual component to this television show. It's just a podcast that you listen to. The other thing that's unique about this one is, I, as far as I know, it's the first podcast episode that has like a side A and side B, like you might find on a record.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And what's exciting is um, we have fucked up Pretty bad. With our dining routine for the evening, we have this place we we order from on Tuesdays. So maybe I'm going a little too far uh, behind the music for Rachel right now. Let me check with <laughs> you before I go any further.
1: I mean, you can share this information. It doesn't make us look particularly interesting. We
0: order the same Chinese food basically every week before we record because it's real fast, but we did not know that they're on vacation this week and they deserve it. Holy shit, they deserve it. Yeah,
1: it's a family-owned business. Family-owned business,
0: week in, week out. They, they they, deliver, let's just say, the goods. It's already late. The kiddo's in bed. No dinner in our tum-tums. But we decided to talk about things that we like as if we could even muster yeah. the enthusiasm yeah. for anything until we get other food in our guts.
1: We're professionals, Griffin.
0: No. Yeah, I am a professional, but you know you know who else is a professional? Who? Friggin' Dave Coulier, and he doesn't go to work with an empty belly. Dave uh, Dave Gates, Bill Gates's brother, doesn't go <laughs> to work with an empty belly.
1: Why are your references all from
0: 20 years ago? Because I stopped learning who people were after that. <laughs> okay. I've learned like three names since then. Uh-huh. Zendaya. Shit, that's it. That's the only name I've learned in the last 20. Your name, Rachel, but that's yeah. easy. It yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, at some point we're just, you're going to hear just wild footsteps getting quieter as we charge the person delivering the food to our front door and then we will eat and I guess we'll be back and it'll just be a different show. I feel like. It will. What are you most excited about to eat them? Oh, for the eating? Yeah. When you eat, what's the thing you are like really excited about?
1: I mean the part where I chew it and then swallow it and it smells real good oh so
0: for you it's the smell yeah i like the flavor in my mouth i mean the flavor's
1: good but But you prefer
0: the smell huh (laughs) this
1: is when our audience finds out what i'm like when i'm
0: hangry (laughs) yeah that's what i'm saying we're gonna be coming at you a little bit fucking aggressive this one's gonna be like you know mid-90s mtv like we're so edgy we have something to prove can we talk about our small wonders yes Mine is the massage chair that we have. It's like a little insert. It's like a little, what? Like a little lay, a pad you lay on the chair and then it's got balls in it and they rub you all over very hard. I got a, I got my trick shoulder and it goes out sometimes and I need the ball chair to get deep down in my fricking grooves. And it does the job really nicely. I make faces that I don't think Rachel likes because they are, <laughs> I would say, I was gonna say semi-orgasmic, but I'll go ahead and say, Orgasmic. It and, just
1: makes me wonder what you're like when you're getting a massage from a professional.
0: Well, the ball chair don't know things. The ball chair won't go home until you know their significant other. Like, hey. So
1: when you get a massage, you like hold
0: back, like you. Well, my face is down in the little toilet seat. Oh, but
1: you're making the face. Oh,
0: I can make all the faces I want <laughs> in the toilet seat. <laughs> okay. They don't. They don't. They don't got to know. But I don't make the noises I make in ball chair. Okay. Like, uh, you know, like, ah, or like. Yeah, baby. What's your small wonder?
1: My small wonder is like hangers that are multiple hangers. You know what I mean? Not even uh, like hangers that have multiple slots on them. Like hangers for several pairs of pants, you know, and they have like multiple hangers in one hanger. You know what I'm talking about?
0: I don't trust them. I know I know what you're talking about, but that's that is a that's a lot <sighs> That's a lot of pants for one hanger to hang up. And I
1: Well, see, I I use it for skirts.
0: Oh. So it's not as much weight on the hanger. Hashtag life
1: Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small wonder. I didn't say it was a large one.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I like a good hanger. I remember when I got rid of like all the shitty hangers that I brought literally from my childhood ah. home and went to Target and got the like, you know, 20 pack of hangers that every college student gets like the th- the, the, the dummy thick plastic ones that like just will not be yeah. knocked over you know what a real classy person
1: has all the wood hangers maybe we should maybe we should i don't like the wood it.
0: hangers it's too hard to put in a sweater i stretch out my neck holes nice try wood hangers well, i need a don't little bit of give. sweaters you fold them up i hang my sweaters up mm. i'm sorry i don't like rankles mm. i go first this week oh good my first subject is gonna make me so angry because we haven't had our delicious dinner food yet. Because it's a food. Okay. And it's a mouth watering food that I always crave. And this I actually is the have worst. a food item too, but I'm saving it for Holy second. Shit. I'm yeah. saving it for second. I, I I'm too lazy to rearrange my word okay. my <laughs> word document. Um I want to talk about buffalo wings. Oh wow. And my buffalo eat, wing eating days are mostly behind me at this point. It's for me if I'm going to eat buffalo wings, it has to be like an event. It has to be, like, either a buffalo wing party, which doesn't exist, or, like, the Super Bowl, or, like, a bunch of people are getting together, and it's like, ooh, I know. Let's get some wings. Yeah. It can't just be, like, I show up to a party, and they're like, oh, and by the way, there's some buffalo wings in there. It has to be part of the thing, you know, so I can begin preparing for it.
1: You know what? It would work for me, so... I, as Griffin knows, don't particularly like foods that are messy. Yeah. But if they had like corn cob holders, but for buffalo wings. Oh wow! I mean, it'd be a lot of fuss for a small a small item, but yeah, I think that would make the difference for me. There's something there.
0: There's something there. I guess
1: for if you had like a boneless
0: wing, then you could you could stick. I some don't. I don't even want to hear about boneless wings during this segment. I don't oh. even want to hear about boneless wings. Those are chicken tenders. Those are chicken tenders with buffalo.
1: No, No, because they're juicy like a wing.
0: Hamburgers juicy like a wing. You don't look at that and say, hmm, cow wing. So. (laughs) All right, continue with your segment. I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole with you. It's part of the visceral experience. It's the same reason I like crab legs. I like the work. I enjoy the work.
1: I know, that's so strange. I
0: enjoy looking at the clean bone and knowing I did that. Okay, and now it's in me, giving me strength and power.
1: I mean, I definitely like the flavor.
0: The flavor, you cannot debate. It's so good. Yeah. It also hurts me so bad. And that's why it's <laughs> only a, like a once a year. The Super Bowl for me is basically like spicy meat Christmas. And I can't celebrate <laughs> that day any other time of mm-hmm. year. I went to Applebee's. On my birthday, when I was like, shit, man, 14, 13 maybe. And I was in the play Charlotte's Web and I ate too many buffalo wings and I ate an ice cream sundae because it was my birthday. Oh, okay. I think I got Yoshi's Island for suit or whatever the Nintendo 64 Yoshi game was and Yoshi's Story. And I ate all that food and then I did have a throw up on the stage. I know uh, this is Templeton the Rat. And I'm barely, I made it off the stage, but right right off the wings, I yard right there. And so I I think that's probably the turning point for me. Yeah, That's probably when the the flow of uh, buffalo wings came to a a quick end. You don't think it
1: was the ice cream sundae in combination with the buffalo wings?
0: Yeah, I think that ice cream sundaes didn't come out of that one unscathed as well. (laughs) Uh, The spice factor, it's out of this world. Buffalo sauce, it's not just hot sauce. A lot of people think that. There's usually I mean, there's always some sort of butteriness component in it. Usually a vinegariness component in there, along with the spicy sauce. It's it's uh, you know, it's creamier than a lot of people give it credit for. And when it is liberally applied and correctly to applied to a chicken wing, it is glorious. I will say this about just the sauce. The sauce is good. I'll eat it on anything. I like the sauce a lot. So if there's a, you know, buffalo chicken sandwich, and obviously I don't want bones in there, because that would be something wouldn't it a sandwich with bones in it mm-hmm. what if <laughs> i would i'm not gonna kick pie just like buffalo sauce whatever out of bed because i think the sauce is good but i just like i like the wings i like the wings i like the lollipop shaped one i like the two boner i like that's not what you would call it <laughs> what do you call that one the one that's a two boner <laughs>
1: Was, wasn't your nickname in high school two boner
0: it was <laughs> yeah it was and um i think everybody knows why
1: um did you do some... i popped
0: two boners in one gym class <laughs> did,
1: you, did you do research on the history of buffalo wings because i'm very curious
0: i did okay. i did I wasn't done lo- b- praising their their greatness, but I think people get the point. Buffalo sauce is great. <laughs> buffalo chicken. I, I, sometimes I'll have a BBQ wing, right? That's my confession. If I'm at a restaurant and they have them, sometimes if I'm being a good boy, I'll have a BBQ wing. You get the sort of experience, not the spicy, whatever. Um, you know I want that buffalo stuff, though. If you see me eating a barbecue wing, just know that I have quiet tears that I'm pushing down inside because I wish it was buffalo flavored. Oh, my God. The food's almost here. I'm going to hurry with this segment and see if I can beat the guy to the door uh, the, the, so there's there's disputes as there are for the origins of many great things in this country uh, one of the earliest claims is that buffalo wings were first prepared at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York by Teresa Bellissimo who owned the bar with her husband Frank in 1964 this was a, an institution uh, in, in Buffalo and at that time like buffalo wings nobody wanted them or, or chicken wings nobody wanted them they were an undesirable cut of the chicken they were mostly used for stocks or soups Yeah, and so they just started putting this good spicy sauce on it and there are several stories uh about where it came from uh here are just a few um upon the unannounced late night arrival of their son dominic with uh, several friends from college Teresa needed a fast and easy snack to present to her guests it was then she came up with the idea of deep frying chicken wings and tossing them with cayenne hot sauce was that the doorbell yeah bye everybody <laughs> where were we
1: you were talking about somebody named Teresa. Ah, oh, yes. And wings, because they had a
0: kid ah, or something. Ah, the buffalo wing. It seems so childish now, doesn't it? <laughs> the meat of the chicken. The meat of the spicy meat of the chicken. I've just tasted the mazaman curry and had it for dinner, and just thinking about the child's meat, chicken, spicy meat, it just seems so foolish now, doesn't it, <laughs> Rachel? <laughs> I suppose I can continue. Yes, uh, uh, the Bellissima family, there's a bunch of stories. None of them are particularly interesting. It's variations on, like, we had this chicken, I don't know, man, and they, somebody needed to eat. And I thought, hey, what about spicy meat? And everybody seemed to really like Did it. Did we have a time frame for this? This was uh, 1964. okay. And then shortly thereafter, there were a lot of other sort of conflicting reports from other uh, buffalo wing-based restaurants. Very quickly, people realized, like, hey, we can do a whole freaking restaurant about this. And then,
1: imagine being alive in a time where buffalo wings were invented?
0: It must have been very exciting. And also, it was probably a very good year for Pepto-Bismol and Imodium. (laughs) I think that they were big, big boosters for the buffalo wing industry. Um, because Lord knows they've gotten plenty of money from me. You know, speaking of restaurants based around Buffalo Wings, got to talk about b don't we? Yeah. Was that a thing in St. Louis, or what's up?
1: Buffalo Wild Wings was a thing that I didn't know about until college, and I went maybe once, and they were having a karaoke night. Oh. And it was very bad, and I don't know that I ever went back.
0: God knows what I like is filling my body with spicy meats <laughs> and then getting up there and crooning while being very nervous. <laughs> that all sounds really, really good to me. Uh, BW3s was an institution in Huntington. It was a big deal. Go to BW3s, do some trivia. Have some, They had like, you know, $2 picture night or something completely wild like that. And you would just go and just get torn, See, get to torn you, up in multiple different ways. To you, there are three Ws. Well, yes. I only grew up with two. They called it BW2s?
1: They just called it Buffalo Wild Wings because that's the name of the restaurant.
0: <laughs> I BW3s can't just be a Huntington thing. That cannot just be an no, Appalachian. No, it's not. I've, I've heard other people refer to the third W. Uh, Whack. It, it is not what I grew up with. It's Buffalo Wild Wings and Whack. It was founded in 1982 uh, by one Jim Disbrow and one Scott Lowry. Uh, Whack, by the way, is like a... Uh, I think it's German, shortened German word for like a Kaiser roll, like a rel, like a roll, just or like a it's just like the sound that you make when you eat a buffalo wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me let me see. <laughs> uh, here's a very uninteresting story about where buffalo wild wings came from. I think this whole topic is plagued with really bad origin stories. I'm going to read verbatim uh, what I found on uh, Wikipedia. Lowry's parents had become Disbrow's guardians as they were his ice skating coaches. After Disbrow had finished judging an amateur figure skating competition at Kent State University, the pair met up to get some buffalo-style chicken wings to eat. Failing to find any restaurant serving them, they decided to open their own restaurant serving wings. Why does ice skating have anything to do with this? Why do we need to know the ice skating? And also, that's the origin story of every restaurant ever, I hope. I don't think anybody's ever like, there's a thousand very, very profitable hamburger restaurants in this city. What about just one more? Let's just throw our hat in the competition. Anyway, buffalo wings are dope as hell, and I like eating them, and I miss them very badly. I miss them more than any friend I've ever sort of uh, lost from my life. Um, They are my spicy friend, and uh, that's all I'm going to say about it.
1: Can I destroy a long-held McElroy belief? Sure. There is this sensibility that the food itself is the problem, and not that you have eaten too much of it. And that perhaps you could have the food, but in a
0: smaller amount. Wow, I guess you're uh, like, uh, (laughs) wow, I guess you're one of those tummy doctors now. Wow. I'm just just saying. I didn't know you knew about the insides of my body. You put a little, hey, when did you put a little camera up there? (laughs) Or did you, hey, did you ever do an inner space to go inside my body and see what's going on in there? In moderation. Mm. Most foods can be consumed, I believe. Oh, (laughs) interesting. Yeah. So tell that to a kid with peanut allergy. Okay. I oh, know you just ate too many peanuts, Dorfie. Dorf- <laughs> Sorry, you're not allergic to Buffalo Wild Wings. Am I? Because I have I have a lot of circumstantial evidence to prove otherwise. Okay. By which I mean, every time I eat them, my body hurts all over, inside, <laughs> outside, bones and all.
1: We'll agree to disagree on this.
0: All right. Hey, what's your first thing?
1: My first thing is Jerry Mulligan. Yeah. Are you familiar with cool jazz?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is there such a thing as hugely uncool jazz? Let it's... me take you to the
1: jazz corner.
0: Okay. Well, this one I do a jazz song for. Poet. Okay, yeah, it seems like. <laughs> no, it seemed like you were about to throw your uh, throw your lot in for the theme song. I saw you start to. I saw you start to do a oh, bass well, noise I've with lost your my mouth. Nerve God now. damn it.
1: Cool jazz is actually a style of modern jazz music that arose in the United States after World War II. It is characterized by relaxed tempos and lighter tone. In contrast, to the fast and complex bebop style.
0: Okay, so smooth jazz is maybe the cousin, the, the, the even smoother version of cool jazz.
1: <laughs> cool jazz often uses formal arrangements and incorporates elements of classical music. Okay, so it's it's more like melodic and more in what I would consider pleasing to the ear. If you are you know just trying to enjoy
0: music while you do something else, <laughs> not me, man. I want my jazz fast and terrible, fast unlistenable. Just sort of uh, you know a hammer s- s- scraping against a tin roof, just but at one hundred and sixty BPM. That's my shit right there. Mhm. Just uh upending a big old toolbox down a spiral staircase <laughs> at 199 <laughs> beats per minute.
1: Just throwing a whole drum set over a cliff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: who's and this man is a, a, a cool jazz legend, legend?
1: Yes. Uh Jerry Mulligan was a uh jazz saxophonist, uh but he also played the piano, the clarinet. Uh, He was a band leader, a composer, and an arranger. Uh, And he is considered one of the kind
0: of cool jazz founding fathers. Damn, that's a cool thing to be a founding father of.
1: Yeah, he literally played on the Miles Davis album, Birth of the Cool.
0: So that's a, I mean, it's right there on the tin. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, he has also played with greats like Charlie Parker, Duke Ellington, Dizzy Gillespie, Dave Brubeck, and the New York Philharmonic. Damn. Yeah. He's, he is the real deal. Uh, when I was doing some research on him, he has been a part of like over 40 albums, I oh, believe. jeez. Uh, I became familiar with him because we have one of his records. Uh, I guess Miles, Dav- Miles Davis gave him the nickname... I'm
0: assuming it's Jeru. It's spelled J-E-R-U. Now, that's fine, but he's one of the founding fathers of Cool Jazz, and I feel like you could have really worked that into it, something like Timothy Cool Jazz or <laughs> uh, Raphael Cool Jazz or something like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> well, you don't get to choose your own nickname.
0: No, I'm sa- that's what I'm saying. Miles should have done a better oh, job. Oh, yeah? You
1: think so? Yeah. Uh he has also played for presidents such as Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton.
0: Oh I bet Bill enjoyed the shit out of that show. Holy shit. <laughs> I bet you Bill was just, He was
1: at the inauguration that he played.
0: Oh damn, I bet he was front row center like, oh, look at him tickle yeah, those. Cuz he's, he's so he's a
1: baritone saxophonist and as you may remember, Bill Clinton also played the
0: saxophone. That's why I've been saying the things I've been saying mm-hmm. in the last 10 seconds.
1: I'm I'm speaking
0: directly to our listeners. Oh yeah, he's the sax man. Sax man. The saxident. S A X accident sounds like bad. Accident <laughs> sounds like hoodie. It happens when you go to your band meet after going to Applebee's and eating too many buffalo wings, and then you have a saccident right <laughs> there on the risers. I can't remember if I said this a minute ago. J. Ru is the last. Yes. Yes. So
1: I have I have that album. Uh, my dad uh, donated a series of jazz records to me from his own collection. Uh, And this was the uh, 1962 album, uh, Jeru. And I wanted to play a little bit from the song You've Come Home, which is the first track on that album.
0: Now that's what I call cool jazz.
1: huh <laughs> I um I really like cool jazz. I don't think I realized that was the genre I liked until I started reading like who it was. And when I read Miles Davis and Jerry Mulligan, I was like, Oh, I like cool jazz. <laughs> so his his story is kind of interesting. Mulligan, as I will call him from here on out.
0: Oh, you you don't want to do ja? Nah. All right.
1: Uh, he dropped out of high school during his senior year to pursue work with a touring band. So when he was 17, he was already arranging and playing music. Uh, he went to New York City in 1946 uh, and became the arranging staff for Gene Krupa. You know if you heard of Gene Krupa? Yes. He's like a famous like big band. Yeah, guy. sure. Yeah. And this, this time period, there were, like, a lot of, like, band
0: leaders. And like I remember big that. Bands. I think Cannonball Adderley was, wasn't he? No, he was a band teacher, I think, yeah. in, like, a high school who moved <laughs> to New York and became it. yeah.
1: Uh, but the when he was playing with Miles Davis in 1948, he was one of a nine-piece band. Uh, and Mulligan was on the baritone saxophone. So that's when he kind of got his reputation. Although he initially started playing the clarinet. Hmm.
0: Um, you don't see a lot of... I mean, I know it's a thing, but you don't... It's I, definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing, but I don't... I can't think of, like, a jazz clarinetist. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the brass gets all the attention.
1: Oh, there's somebody in my mind, and I can't
0: remember who it is. Oh, was it... Uh, Derek Cool Jazz? <laughs> sure.
1: Uh, so now the... um. Library of Congress serves as the repository for the Jerry Mulligan collection, which uh, they obtained when he passed in the late 90s. And it consists of approximately 700 items, including original scores, sketches, arrangements, photographs, sound recordings, correspondence, and an oral autobiography recorded before he died. Holy
0: shit. So that's all available online then, right? And then how like the multimedia stuff that the library of congress has i
1: believe so although i didn't look into it what i did do is watch part of a documentary that was created about his life uh it's an hour and a half long it's on youtube it's called listen and it's just all about his his origin and it's a lot of uh
0: (laughs) sorry sorry i just remembered something that happened i didn't mean to interrupt your bit You sent me a link to the song that we just played on the show today, and I listened to it, and then another video documentary was like next up on the YouTube channel, and I thought, when you said that about, oh, and there's this documentary on YouTube, it's an hour and a half long, I thought for a second, like, was that what I watched? And then I remembered, no, what um, instantly loaded after this was a behind-the-scenes about the making of the song Pam, and I was like, (laughs) or Peg, sorry, Peg, and I was like, oh, that's a different thing. There's like a guy, the bassist for the band was like, I was slapping the bass really hard. And they said, don't slap the bass. That's too funky a sound for what we're going for for Peg. But I was like, no, guys, this is the hot sound right now. I know a lot about Peg. Okay.
1: Uh, no, I'm referring to the documentary Listen. Yes. Uh, that is all about his life and kind of his coming up on the jazz scene. Uh, and it was executive produced by his wife. Oh, which cool. I That was sweet. Uh, But, yeah, I I would recommend for people that aren't sure if they like jazz or if they want to like jazz, but they're intimidated by the expansive number of musicians. There's
0: a lot of jazz.
1: I feel like you could start with Jerry Mulligan pretty comfortably. Yeah.
0: And then you move on to the hard shit, that Dave Brubeck shit. Ooh, really cut your teeth on that. (laughs) Ooh, that cerebral stuff.
1: Hey, can I steal you away? Yeah.
0: uh, your time, yeah, you can do that. Also, anything is possible. That's um th- there for the commercial, the Super Bowl commercial they had. That was my voice yelling, "Anything is possible!" In wow, yeah, not a lot of people know that. Hey, head to squarespace.com/wonderfulpod for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use offer code Wonderful Pod to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain.
1: Can I read you a personal message? Yup. Uh, This message is for Cutes. It is from Boots. Just wanted to say that I think you're wonderful and I'm totally stoked about the new journey we've embarked on. I love you more than a ghost loves toast. Thanks for always vibing and keeping it tight. If you need me, I'm on my mobile. P.S. Want to go to Barbecue Stop next Tuesday? P.P.S. I'm really freaking excited for Kung Fu Panda three.
0: Aren't we all? <laughs>
1: Didn't that come out already? Uh I I mean, if it had come out, I would have gotten a notification on my phone and it's then true. I would have gotten the email and then I would have gotten the carrier pigeon. And yeah. you know, I would have seen it on my um on my Kung Fu Panda countdown clock.
0: See, that's the thing. I remember we went to the midnight launch for Kung Two and mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think we've done that. For I don't know if three's here is with us or not.
1: I heard in the third one, the panda. Yeah,
0: is, is he, actually is <laughs> a koala. Oh, whoa! Mm-hmm. He learns about his interesting. Yeah, that's a whole switch around. He's
1: got a whole Australian thing. Is it
0: still Jack Black?
1: Ah, uh, no. Oh, who is it? No, I think it's. Oh uh, gosh, what's his name? Clint Black.
0: Okay. Isn't the country a, music star? Yeah, the country music star. Well, that's fun.
1: Yeah. They wanted to keep, you know, with the last name yeah, it's sure. easier
0: on the posters just yeah. to take off the jack. Now, put. can Clint Black do a great like Australian accent? Probably not. We don't know, though. Uh, here's another Jumbotron. This one's uh, for oldest sister Tess. It's from your middlest sister, Kat, who says, Tess, also, hi, Ruth, you'll probably hear this first because you're not perpetually two weeks behind on podcasts. Happy whatever day you get this. I love you a lot, and I hope to play games with you soon, whether in person or over Discord. While writing this, you're in the room, but when you hear this, I probably miss you. Hope your day is wonderful. Love, Kat. What you don't know is Tess is in the room. <laughs> Look behind the coat rack. Tess is in the coat rack, hanging coat out racked. The coat is Tess. Look inside. Open it. What's in the pocket?
1: Tess. I like that they got um, Ruth in here too. Like it's technically a message for Tess, but Ruth gets a little. Ruth shout gets a out. slice. Yeah.
0: Ruth gets a little Ruth-sized cut. <laughs>
1: Hey, if you like your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast hosts to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Yeah, and what's your deal? (laughs) I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show's called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions, and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org.
0: Can I tell you about my second thing? Please do. Escalators. The moving staircases. I like it. Up, down, side to side. Whichever way these things are moving, I want to be standing on them and going with them.
1: Can I confess something to you?
0: Are you afraid that sometimes they'll break and chew you up?
1: Not exactly. No, okay. Uh, Apparently, and and this may be a, a, a hearsay, but I have heard stories. Yeah. One particularly involving my uh, aunt Kathy as a young child getting like a shoelace stuck oh, in yeah. the escalator.
0: Military clean part. I don't
1: know if that's a true story, but now I always get nervous. Like I get a little trepidatious anytime I'm about to step on it. Cool. You know.
0: I mean, let's definitely in the future whenever we do these segments, <laughs> and immediately jump to historical fatalities involved okay so buffalo wild wings you're right i didn't do my due diligence somebody definitely choked on chicken bone and died probably hundreds maybe even tens of thousands of people
1: i love an escalator i'm just a little scared of them too and
0: that's what i'm saying like buffalo wings have made me very happy throughout my life and does that outweigh the tens the hundreds of thousands of people who've choked on chicken bones throughout the fullness of time yeah i think so
1: well okay please convince me as to why escalators are not a thing
0: to be feared because it's it's, it's there. I mean, there've probably been some escal. There've definitely been some escalator fatalities. But what do you want? They get you up and down and side to side much faster. And sometimes you just got to roll the hard six in this life because YOLO. I rest my case, Your Honor. I'm inspired, Griffin. Please continue. Thank you. There is a deep and primal part of my inner being, my core being that gets excited anytime I see an escalator, partly because of just like straight up childlike glee, but also because, hey, less walking. And that's very exciting, too. <laughs> Airports are basically escalator museums that, whoa, I just said deja vu. Have I said that sentence out loud before? Oh, Damn. I definitely haven't talked. I went to the wiki. I've not talked about escalators before, but holy shit.
1: Only. only- in your life and line of work would you think you had sent- said that sentence before?
0: <laughs> it's like a big amusement park the The, the airports are. I've been to like every fucking airport in this country at this point and they are all over and they're so fun when they're working. That Oh my god, the Chicago tunnel with the escalators down oh, below that goes through like the yeah. light installation on the ceiling. That's my favorite ride on the planet.
1: That's a good one. I like them in a shopping mall.
0: A shopping mall is good too when they work, which a lot of shopping malls are in a state of disrepair. Um, I watched an episode of How It's Made about escalators. Ooh. And it was, um, I swear to God, it was like a Christopher Nolan film. Like I really had to pay attention the whole time because i th- it was very taxing for me to watch. They put these whole things together like in the factory before they, they're like assembled at the factory and just moved you know hole to their final destination That's wild that's a big truck that's got to move these big escalators huh if you think about the size of those trucks just for a second while i scratch my eyeball Ooh, it itched so bad um <laughs> it was cool they had these little robots that like you know make die cast aluminum casts of the steps and then they you know trim them up put them into the the roller chain on the frame and you know, it's got to go all the way around, got to go all the way around the frame because they got them on the bottom too. When you're yeah. standing on them on top, there's a secret staircase on the underneath and that's where Ooh, the Demogorgon down. is riding yeah. it. Correct. Uh, Henry's a big fan of these as well, which helps us uh, keep him occupied when we are stuck at airports. He loves the side to side ones. Um, and it's a fun social experience to ride by somebody going the opposite way on an escalator because like, what's their day like? What are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> I like to put my feet up against the brushy stuff on either side of the escalator because I used to think that it was for shoe shine.
1: Yeah, what is it for though? Do you know? It just I think it's just to alert
0: people. Uh, no, maybe that it, they're like too close. That is possible. I don't know. Well, I, no I don't idea. know. It's it's possible. It may be an accessibility thing. But I like I like your idea better. Like, it kind of works. It's for shoe brushing. Uh, yeah. So history of escalators. I think since the dawn of of man, I like. I I really should have done some more research on stairs. Who invented those? (laughs) Who was the first person who was like, this floor is great. And I'm glad your house has a second floor, but I can't jump that high. (laughs) What if there were like 30 little floors going up there that I could easily sort of go? Yeah. That was probably a pretty heady concept for, you know, ancient Greeks or whatever. I appreciate
1: that last week was the dust buster. And this week is the stair because the stairs are difficult to vacuum.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And the Dust Buster really, really helps it with that. It helps
0: you a lot, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. if there's a, you know, 30 to 40 millipedes on now your staircase. You're
1: super paranoid that every episode, it builds on the one before it in some way. And you've been spending oh, all this time oh. putting together this intricate puzzle of things you like. You've
0: pieced together my <laughs> Da Vinci code. <laughs> No, I just like escalators, man. I don't know what to tell you. The history of escalators is a series of uh, folks who have the idea of wouldn't it be cool if stairs moved and then they file a patent and then don't do anything with that patent because they can't really, they'll file a patent and the patent will literally just be a drawing on an old soup recipe of stairs with an arrow pointing up. And they file that with the patent office and the clerk is probably like, is this a new way to go upstairs? And they're like, no, no, no. The stairs themselves are the ones that go up. (laughs) And the clerk is like, how does it work? And he's like, I don't know, man. That's your job. And then the patent clerk is like, actually, it's not. (laughs) I'm a patent clerk.
1: I just want you to know I had this idea. I had this idea. And I want ownership of it.
0: If anybody ever makes stairs go up, that's mine. No, that's not how any Mm -hmm. of this works. Uh, so there was um, the, the first sort of patent filed for this was uh, by a patent attorney named Nathan Ames. He filed the patent for the first escalator in 1859, but he didn't make them. In his mind, they could be uh, made out of wood, which I believe there are some like old wood escalators, which, hey, folks, don't ride those. That seems like a bad idea. Uh, he also thought that and this is the best mental image I've had all day. When I read this, he thought that the stairs could just go ahead and just be upholstered, and you can have them in your house. Ooh, upholstered escalator is pretty hot, actually. I'm actually really—I don't really know how that would work, but I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm very attracted to the idea. It's very, very uh, my aesthetic. Um, and then, yeah, just a bunch of people tried it and struck out. 1889, uh, uh, Lehman Sauter uh, patented his quote. It was called, he called it, get this, stairway. Never made it. Never made his his upwards moving stairway.
1: Oh, I like what he was trying to do there.
0: Just kind of claiming the whole idea. Uh, Sauter did make a spiral design for his escalator. Uh, and I laughed when I saw that. I was like, Ooh, that's also like a wild idea. They actually exist. There's one at Caesar's palace. There is a huge, like four story tall spiral escalator. Uh, and it's, you know, a pretty wide spiral. Like the stairs themselves don't bend as they go around the curves. Cause that would be probably pretty yeah. scary to stand on. But I, I watched a video of it. There's a lot of uh, escalator culture on YouTube <laughs> that I got to c- catch up on. Are there any escalator vloggers? I mean, they don't sort of... uh, It's mostly sort of an ASMR thing. There's very little commentary. It's
1: not like, hey, this is Tiffany, and I'm at the escalator at the Galleria. Nine Uh, out of ten.
0: Mostly, no. It's just videos of escalators running. Uh, 1892, uh, Jesse W. Reno patented the, quote, endless conveyor or elevator. Those are... I guess we hadn't really figured out Escalator yet. <laughs> uh, a few months after that, uh, George A. Wheeler patented the nearly basically the same idea, um, but it was never built. However, his patent was bought by uh, one Charles Seerberger, who uh, eventually made it into a prototype working with the Otis Elevator Company uh, in 1899. Otis Elevator Company being like one of the OG elevator. If you ride in an elevator, look at the, you know, Look for the little plaque. It's probably, probably an Otis joint, but. It was Jesse W. Arena who got the first escalator out uh, at the old Iron Pier on Coney Island. It wasn't an escalator as we traditionally know it. It was kind of just a diagonal, like, 20-degree inclined conveyor belt with, like, little numps on them that you could stand on. But, hey, it counts. Today, the world's got some long-ass escalators. The longest in the world are part of the St. Petersburg Metro, uh, way deep underground. It has escalators that are over 450 feet long the longest escalator system though is it's we
1: we've, we've been to it
0: it was on it was, in, it was hong, in hong kong, hong kong that's yeah. right we we rode it when we visited it in what like 2015 something like that hong, hong kong is basically like um uh, one of the islands is basically like tiered, kind of. And uh, one way to get between like the central and mid levels is you can ride this long series of escalators, just this long corridor. It is uh, 2,600 feet long, uh, moving uphill, and tens of thousands of people ride it every day. It is a huge commuter attraction. Uh, it only goes one way at a time, depending on like which way rush hour traffic oh. is moving. There are stairs that flank it, so you can, you know, go. You know, use the stairs if you want to walk well, and up and down. There's
1: breaks a too. It's there not are like breaks continuous. between the systems. Oh,
0: right, correct. Although there's some pretty long sort of uh, individual tracks. What's really cool about it is, and th- these exist actually in a few like heavy foot traffic commuter areas in Hong Kong. Right at the center of this escalator system, there is a scanner that you can swipe your Octopus card. In the Octopus card, they have some of these in in you know major metropolitan areas where this is like your digital card where you can store you know hong kong dollars on it and you know use it for fare or use it at vending machines or or what have you at the very center of the the escalator system you can swipe your card and you get a fare saver bonus so that the next time you use the train you save like two bucks off of it and it's a way to like encourage people to you know not use your car to 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 find uh you know to find means of of conveyance that uh you know that that helps helps the environment or whatever uh provided that of course that you know that means of conveyance is accessible to you i thought that was really neat but yeah that's a cool ass escalator man that is a cool cool it's a mix of the stairs one and the sides to sides ones and that's my shit <laughs> what's your second thing
1: all right my second thing and i don't want to double check this with you uh-oh i didn't see it on our index but it seems kind of incredible that we haven't talked about it. Let's see. Pizza.
0: Can I say something? Yeah. I thought about doing pizza. Oh.
1: And then I didn't. I didn't. Well, here I am doing pizza.
0: I don't think we've done a pizza. No?
1: I feel like we've talked a lot about pizza. We have an episode pizza.
0: called Pizza Time, dudes. But we didn't do one on pizza. I, I
1: think that think. was the one where we were waiting on pizza delivery. Oh, shit.
0: Wow, yeah. It's all full circle, isn't
1: it? <laughs> uh... It's kind of incredible we haven't talked about this.
0: This is the round one guys. this is the cheese.
1: <laughs> Should I describe what a pizza is? Yeah <laughs> well, it's the round one
0: <laughs> actually it can be it can be square. We had a place that did square that pizza true. in in Huntington uh, yeah, I mean. Maybe we can skip over some of the pleasantries here.
1: Typically, there's dough, there's sauce of some kind. Yeah. And there's cheese. Uh huh. And then any number of toppings.
0: Oh, whatever you want on it pepperoni, sausage, mushrooms, ham, pineapple, potato flakes. Ooh. Jolly Ranchers. Chewy Jolly Ranchers. Smaller pizzas. <laughs> Pictures. <laughs> Symphonies. Symphonies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Who made pizza? Uh well
1: that's not actually the angle I'm coming at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's because it was Papa John, wasn't it? And you don't want to
1: I want to talk about why pizza is so great. All right. Not really the history of
0: pizza. That's fine. I don't really care about the history of pizza. Yeah, I mean I feel I like... care about the future of pizza. <laughs>
1: Hello, I'm Griffin McElroy, and this is my TED Talk.
0: Octagonal pizzas,
1: escalator
0: pizza, escalator pizza.
1: <laughs> Why eat pizza on one level mm-hmm. when you could take pizza with you? Why use your to the hand next one?
0: to bring your pizza to your mouth when a very small food staircase can bring it up there for you?
1: <laughs> in a recent study in 2015, pizza was ranked as the food most associated with symptoms of addiction. According to a Yale food addiction scale. Now you just
0: you you have done it again. <laughs> where you have just in, introduced us to a fun party, and then like, but the party has. Uh, here's what I
1: know. no see. That's one way to interpret what I'm saying. What in, what instead I am doing is I'm giving everyone a pass for loving pizza so much mm-hmm. because I'm saying it is out of your
0: control. Okay, okay, I'm back with you.
1: You are predisposed. To be addicted to pizza, just minute one. Okay. So, you know, go easy on yourself, America.
0: That's a fun way to frame the thing that you just said on our podcast.
1: (laughs) Uh, Part of it is also our friend glutamate, which we talked about when we talked about umami. Yes. Because it is... MSG, Uh,
0: The monosodium uh, uh, variety.
1: The combination of tomato sauce and cheese and pizza crust are all huge amounts of glutamate. So three tablespoons of tomato sauce can provide 140 milligrams of glutamate. Parmesan cheese could provide 75 milligrams of
0: glutamate. Is that a lot?
1: Seems like a lot. (laughs) Doesn't that seem like a lot?
0: Yeah, I mean, sure. A lot? How big's a milligram? Nobody knows.
1: Well, okay, let's think about so for a second. Mm-hmm. So those uh little kid cliff bars? Yes. That we give Henry? Yeah. Uh, they have 11 grams of sugar?
0: That's a lot.
1: Uh and I I don't know the exactly what my <laughs> point is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, I bet it's a lot.
1: But that seems like a sure. lot. Sure. <laughs>
0: Everything that you have on pizza now that I'm thinking about it has umami flavor.
1: Yeah, if you add mushrooms.
0: Got you, got you. That's yes. even more.
1: I will I will just give an example of one more study and I don't want to be a downer. Now you're making me self-conscious about being a downer. It's
0: just you were like, "Hey, don't you love pizza?" and I was like, "Fuck, yeah, I love pizza." And you're like, "It's beyond your control. <laughs> the die have been cast and you will you have you will have been predestined." It's a very Calvinist way of looking at my my love for pizza. I'll
1: I'll just say that there was another recent study that found that the combination of fat and carbohydrates seems to elevate the reward potential of highly processed foods. Yeah.
0: More than either alone. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: I would say so. When I look at a pizza, I think eating that will be a rewarding experience for me because of all the dope stuff on it. Um, I don't need science to tell me that is what I'm saying <laughs> and you don't either start this segment over and you're gonna you could just be like cheese. here's what's so good cheese, cheese bread sauce love it love it love it
1: is <laughs> warm too which is nice warm circle uh, <laughs> you can eat it cold which I like I
0: like it cold it can be cold as well
1: I like. I mean, I even like you know frozen pizza, delivered pizza, homemade pizza.
0: We have been having some good frozen pizza. Yeah, we have um, once you grow up, yeah, and age out of sort of the tombstone, out of the Giorno. Did I say that right? And you get to like the frozen, you know, California Pizza Kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's where it is (laughs) maybe this is why we haven't talked about pizza before
1: it's difficult it's a little basic i'll say because everybody loves it yeah um except for our son lately which is troubling
0: hates pizza he's just
1: not into pizza just doesn't
0: like the the warm circle but
1: it's a complex combination of textures
0: oh we gotta talk about the pototinos party pizza though
1: yeah so that that was how we got henry into pizza because uh, we could cut it into very small cracker pizzas.
0: I call them pizza nuggets. And it was my yeah. greatest innovation because he would only eat things that were, you know, one, one uh, centimeter by one centimeter. And again, obviously, we've shown our hand that we don't really understand the metric system.
1: <laughs> I love it. I just love it. I just, I always want it. I could eat it every day.
0: Can you remember the best pizza you've ever eaten in your life?
1: Uh, I mean, I went to Italy, so... Oh, yes.
0: I was sitting on the...
1: When I was in uh, Siena,
0: I oh, Overlooking the Cape.
1: <laughs> we don't know the metric system or
0: geography on no, this No, we don't. They probably got capes there, though. Both the water kind and the clothes accessory. (laughs) Just a lot of people wear capes in Italy and all over Europe. And uh, it's good because then if you get pizza sauce somewhere, you just cape it up.
1: (laughs) All I'm saying is pizza is great and it's unstoppable. Mm. And you shouldn't try to stop it because you can't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You can't. Your brain won't let you. Okay, so we got some submissions from our friends. Uh, Got one. What is the 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 uh, link that people can? I believe it's wonderfulpodcast at gmail dot com. Send in your submissions. They've slowed down because I don't think we get that link out. Just one very quick sentence uh, or two about the thing that you like. Um, Aaron says, "Hi friends, hi Aaron." My little wonder this week is the YouTube channel SoCal Attractions 360. They do the highest quality videos of theme parks from Disney World to tiny parks in Dubai, uh, riding rides and walking through the parks no commentary or editing, just peaceful footage and ambient audio. It's incredibly re- it's an incredibly relaxing channel to put on while cooking dinner or decompressing after a stressful day.
1: Yes, yeah, that's great. We started to do this with Henry. Yeah, Yeah. this is something that didn't really occur to me until very recently, that if there are particular places in the world that you like to go, You you can just watch videos of it. You just watch a video of
0: it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, here's what the, the Mickey Castle looks like when they shoot all the cool lights on it. Yeah. There's a name for that, probably. But for me, it's just a magical transformation out of the mind of Walt Disney and his good friend Tinkerbell. Here's one uh, from Jenna who says, My wonderful thing is the Heritage Potlucks my friend hosts. Everyone brings a food item of their heritage to share. I went to one recently and we had everything from pierogies to empanadas to shortbread to paneer. Uh, Everyone gets to talk about their dish and why it's meaningful to them. And then we eat. Mm, That sounds real nice. That
1: does sound real nice.
0: Potlucks in general are very good. We have not done one or been to one in forever. Uh, but it's very exciting to just see what kind of heat your friends can bring because it's really a, quietly, it's a competition. (laughs) Quietly, you're playing Chopped, home edition. You definitely take that very seriously. I have noticed that, especially when it comes to the dessert. I want my friends to be happy. I want to show my love to them through food. I want to win the secret game of Chopped that I'm playing in my mind and nobody else's.
1: And subvert expectations. A lot of times people are like, oh, Rachel, that was really good. And I'm like, oh.
0: That's sexist. And then we high five. <laughs> gotcha you again. <laughs> uh, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, and I mean, where would we be without Maximum Fun? Is the question I ask myself every day.
1: It's an incredible network and they are always adding new shows. Uh, and I would really recommend you go to, you know, a lot of people they don't even go to the website, and I would recommend that you do. You go to MaximumFun.org, you can see all the shows they have.
0: Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. You're going to just love the hell out of it. Uh, we got stuff at Macroy.family. You can find merch and uh, tickets for, I think there's some for the book tour, for book two of The Adventure Zone, uh, graphic novel adaptation. That's just coming up in a couple weeks now, so come out and see us. We're going to be in New York, Austin. Uh, Portland, LA, and then San Diego. And uh, we also just announced that we're doing a very special Adventure Zone show in San Diego during Comic Con. All those are at macroy.family. And is that it? I believe that's it. Okay. Well, um,
1: <sighs> oh, we'll see some folks this week potentially uh, at the Jordan Jesse Go
0: show. Oh, shit. Is that this week? I believe it's this Friday. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> oh, no. And why do you are you uh, double booked? I'm uh, oh, my lodge is doing the big bowling tournament.
1: I might be this Saturday. It's it's.
0: it's I got weekend. a bowling tournament on Saturday too. Looks like I'm gonna have to try and do both. What's your bowling nickname? Steuben. Steuben. Ruddard. I thought you, <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> I just hope I don't wear my fucking bowling hat to the show, you know, because when I run in and try to, you know, make it pretend like uh-huh. I've been there the whole time, uh-huh. I'll tell a funny joke, everybody will laugh, and I'll run off the stage and go get a big strike and win one for the team, including the captain, Robert, who is very sick. <laughs> You're incredible. Thank you. <laughs> MaximumFun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.
0: Hi, I'm Biz.
1: And I'm Teresa.
0: And we host When Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting.
1: Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. And then that's how my day starts. Yeah. Come on. I'm so sick of it. (laughs) When is that going to be over? Like, I want it to stop. (laughs) Teresa, you're hurting my ears. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's it. Yeah, no. I just hate it. Yeah, I don't blame you. It sucks. It really sucks. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.